welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. My name is Heather, and I'm your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy! And Will. You're back. Good to have you back. I am back. You're it is good to have 80% you back. You're 80% back. Maybe? 80%? Is that high? I, uh, probably a little too high, but yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Masked up. You <laughs> are. Masked up. We're all staying safe. Yeah. And masked. Absolutely. Yeah. Keeping... I'm, my mask is really more like a <laughs> like a like a hairnet from my from my goatee. <laughs> well, so listen. Thank you all for um, doing the podcast the last two weeks. I listened to them. Yeah. Hey, thanks for calling in. <clears throat> thanks for having me. I I know I sounded a little different where I've been under the weather, but. <laughs> It was, it was it throws me yeah, off yeah it, it took um, me it took me by surprise i yeah. didn't even know it was her and i um, didn't know how to respond really right but you were kind of left speechless i was yeah yeah um so i would like to kind of um before we get started on our topic today i have a few things i'd like to discuss about those two oh, episodes okay. yeah so, okay. did you take issue with some things mm. oh she did you know she did I only had issue with one thing. Did we oh. disappoint you? Okay. No, I was very... It was Both of them were really good. I really loved oh, the podcast on Sabbath. Um, I think it was... I actually loved that I was listening to it and I wasn't the one who like was here recording with you all. Um, because a lot of times you all say a lot... Let me backtrack. Sometimes you all say some really good stuff that I really like and that I'd like to take notes on. Um, and Sabbath is one of those things. Um, so I was able to really, um, listen and take it in. I don't like to go back and listen to our podcast unless I think you all have offended somebody and I need to <laughs> prepare myself like how to we respond to anybody it. in those two podcasts. So I well, feel that, like you so, probably, yeah, I, that's the only complaint I have. You all, you focused a little too much on it. Um, it was a little unnecessary, the depth that you went talking about it. Well, that guy called in. What yeah. were we supposed to do? And they, 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 their whole their whole religion is based well, on we don't, keeping we don't, Sabbath. We don't need to discuss it any further. I think yeah, you all discussed the guts out of it, and um, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever have to talk about them again or bring them up ever, ever in law. We we'll covered never, it. Yeah. We covered it. I mean, you all did it. It's you, so funny because I, I, I honestly, not not that I want to delve back into it, but it, I thought, man, then I wish I'd go, I wish don't. I had gone deeper into it. No, well, that well, so you're saying it. you're saying it was a good thing we didn't. It's lucky you weren't that I wasn't here because <laughs> I, I thought, man, I really because wait, you didn't. No, no, no. Uh, Steve well, asked. Yeah, Steve well, after asked, we were done me. recording, I was going to suggest we do a whole episode just on <laughs> just the Seventh-day Adventist. I mean, that would have made more sense. It kind of felt right. like that's where it went. But I know yeah. I love the Sabbath podcast, and I actually wanted to share something that I had. Um, you know, it's a little backtracky, but um, I love Annie F. Downs. Um, I follow her on socials and read um, any books she puts out. Um, and something that she had wrote, sh- something that she had shared about Sabbath, Um she said, I spent Saturday learning to fly fish. A friend of mine says, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. And I love that. That's great. Um, which So I, I love that. And I think you all covered that really well. So I've um, heard one man say that before. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he got it from there or what. He may have been the friend that said yeah, it to her. I don't know. Um, but he... Uh, coincidentally he said it about fly fishing he was talking to me about catching trout so maybe he is the friend that told her that who is the friend his name's chris atwell he's a pastor in charlottesville virginia maybe i don't know, maybe I don't she know was where, I don't know where miss downs lives yeah that's where she you're from right yes, i was born in charlottesville uh virginia i almost said west virginia virginia yeah, yeah. okay so um there's probably a statue there 
They got a lot of statues in that area. They love <laughs> statues there. So um, they've made the news a couple times. Yeah. The only other thing that I want to talk about, we you mentioned the question that I asked you, Jeremy, about um, your sermons and oh, why gosh. you why you don't use points. Yeah. And it's not because I was picking at you. I'm a visual learner. Yeah. And I do like to take notes on things. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, whenever, like when Will's, Will's preaching style, where he yeah. uses points and topics, um, is good for me because um, I may not hear everything, but whenever I go back to my notes and I see that, it reminds me of the things that I really enjoyed in the sermon. That, so. so it's funny. The, the points are actually on the screen. I think it's the way that I transition. Yeah, People you transition differently, yeah. um, and I wouldn't call that points. I would kind of call that like a paragraph. <laughs> it's, no, it's yeah, true. Ne next paragraph. No, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. Um, cause it, it definitely, it definitely, because they're there in the slide, and I try to do it subtly. To I say, think on the live stream it doesn't show up though. Oh, really? Well, it doesn't if, if you're preaching in Milton because the screen's like behind you gotcha, and it's like a giant yeah, yeah. thing. But in the valley, the screens are on the sides. To the sides, so, you, mm. so yeah, I think you, you don't, don't see it. it. Oh, okay, if it's in the well, valley. see, and that's yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, but Wait, I thought the slides showed up on the live stream though. I thought there was like a little picture of them. The passage of scripture does uh, whenever okay. Um, okay. maybe. Yeah, Baker, so. fix that. <laughs> um, so the other two he said he'll fix it yeah, yeah he said definitely He's I have three more things so will Travis Tritt liked your tweet yes he I did I mean that is like yeah mind Whoa. blown yeah that was been the greatest really? moment of wait, 2020 what tweet what tweet <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted that um, so Micah was work we're doing homeschool now and Micah was working on his spelling words and one of his spelling words was trouble yeah and he spelled it wrong and I was like I smell T R O U B L E, and he was like looking at me, clueless, kind of like the way you're looking at me <laughs> yeah, right now, yeah. Jeremy. But that's a famous Travis Tritt song. Oh, he spells the word trouble, and so I I tweeted, uh, my son just okay. misspelled trouble on a spelling test. He's a NASCAR driver. We're gonna have to listen to more Travis Tritt. What? Thought he was a NASCAR driver. He's Travis a country Tritt. singer. You thought Travis Tritt was a NASCAR driver? Well, this is probably why people aren't tweeting oh him gosh. probably all that often. This is probably why it stood out. No, he's super famous. He's a uh, really? yeah, crazy. Yeah, he's got famous. a lot of followers. He's got blue check mark by his name. And whoa! But yeah, he he liked my deal. he liked my tweet, and then yeah, yeah. it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. I was like, like you should put that on your resume. I think I think oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so funny. so like for people who Burger tweet, King Burger King tweeted at me one time too. No, that's embarrassing because of your date not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's embarrassing. For, for people who tweet, like, is that is that really, like, something that's, like, like a, a like a... Yeah, like the... A big thing, yeah, that'd be like Yeah, if, like the celebrity who was the topic of my tweet acknowledged yeah. it. Like, that okay. was... Yeah. And this person's a country singer. Yeah. What's one of the most famous country singers right now? of the 90s? I'm sorry. Do you really not know who Travis oh, Tritt is? Oh, T.T.? Oh, man. Stop. Love T.T. We're going to listen to Travis Tritt here in a minute. No, what's his most favorite song? I, I mean, you can't pick one. Trouble, um, help me hold on. Oh, uh, okay, I know you're talking about. No, you don't. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Just help me mouth. hold on. I mean, he's got tons of, of <laughs> double ones. Look <laughs> at that close. Yeah, it actually <laughs> it is. Was, yeah, good job. Wow, I don't know what that says about country music. Uh, yeah, exactly. That was uh, great. I'll have, to ch I'll have to check it out. I do like... Uh, the song that? Anymore is one of his like slow oh, ballads yeah, that's so like good. really famous. So one of my good. favorites. I, know, I don't you know love I you anymore. Oh, I know that song. I know no, that song. Just shut up. I you really are do. In the neighborhood. Yeah, that's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, I might more like hippity hoppity, but um, <laughs> I, I like the um, the song about, is it Randy Travis? It's um, where old men talk about the weather. And Forever and ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's Randy Travis. Travis. I love that song. Yeah. I love that song. 
My kids hate it because I play it all the time. Well, that's not who we're talking about. Yeah, I know. So if you, if, now, if old Artie <laughs> had sent you a tweet. Well, maybe I'll work on that next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He won't be. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so the last thing, Will, you've been blasted pretty bad the last week, oh, yeah. week and a half about mm. yeah, I know Big Ugly and about your tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, and yeah. Some, Both think, of which are present right now. And I think some I think some would actually even call your tattoo Big Ugly. So Yeah, I think I'm Big Ugly is a descriptor of my jacket and my tattoo. Have you seen it? Yeah, I thought it was, I mean, like, I'm not a tattoo person, but. Well, it's it's like peeling off right now. It's so why don't people process. like it? Because the boots? I don't know why my wife doesn't like it. Your wife doesn't like it. Okay. Why don't you like it, Heather? I didn't say I liked it or didn't like it. Yeah, but it's you seem to insinuate that you, yeah. that you don't. Someone asked me, does your Is wife the, hate all I your mean, tattoos? I mean, the roses, the boots, and the like skeleton hands. It's hand. very like, cliche tattoos. Is that, what, is that what it is? I mean, it's like... <laughs> the skeleton it's just hand, ugly. The skeleton hand's what does it for me. That's what it's makes just it ugly. awesome. If you would have got the boots by itself, great. If you got the roses by itself, great. If you would have got that hmm. skeleton hand by itself, no. Does your wife hate weird, all your but tattoos? okay. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So someone asked me that. They said, "Does, does it's, Amanda?" Hate it's weird. Them? She likes my tattoos, but she doesn't like them individually. If that makes sense. Gotcha. She likes. I see. I see. The, my favorite one is by far the uh, the card. Eventually, what happens like when you have a whole arm covered, yeah. people cease to look at like individual tattoos, and they, they just see, see like your of... whole arm is covered in pictures. Yeah. You know, yeah. like so. I, I like the um, unless you get an arm, uh, unless you get freckle tattoos. What yeah. Then they'll mean? just they they they'll just say, "Man, you have a lot of freckles." That's yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's one option mean? when you're getting tattooed. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I got. I got, I got. Oh, I got those moles. aren't real freckles. No, those, those are tattoos. Are moles. I, and this actually is my is probably the best one I've got. It's like a it's like a Monroe. That's typically right here, but I got it right here. You're saying those are tattoos? Yeah, those are tattoos. Yeah, there's nothing sexier than a face mole. No, he's called them moles instead of freckles. Yeah. Like no, no. Well, okay, freckles aren't. Okay, so like, so no, I've never met anyone that had like a good looking freckle, but a mole. That's that's where it's at. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like Mary Monroe, she had a, like she had a, like a little mole here that people that people liked. Yeah. No. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking back. about moles. We're talking about tatted moles. They're they're yeah. a thing. They're a thing. That way, you don't have to worry about getting them removed because of cancer. I can just get my own nice looking moles. Oh my god! Come on now. Just stop. That's too much. <laughs> All right, so um, the thing that I loved out of this past week's sermon was you said, grace is the footing that is firm for us. Yeah, that was a good line, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, where is it from? I made it up. I don't think you did. Jeremy made it up. I don't think he did. I don't think I did. No, I think I made that up. Really? Yeah. It was good. I was, that was when I was using Tava as an illustration in the cliff. and Yeah. So that was it was just birthed out of that illustration yeah. mainly. It was good. I liked Thanks. it. Thanks. Appreciate that. I even went back to re-listen to the sermon to write it down. Wow. Yeah, that's good. I'm flattered. Yeah. <laughs> you had a lot of driving time today, so you had plenty of time to listen to the sermon. Mm. I did, yes. How was how's the Valley Campus today? You went up there, right? Yeah, parking lot looks good and clean. <laughs> <laughs> so Heather went to the Valley Campus. We're recording this at the Milton Campus. Are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, go ahead. And um, go ahead. I was just gonna say, so you had some, some extra driving time, and so yeah. You got in to case listen you know, if you don't work closely with our pastors, you really don't get to um, see this side of them. They're sometimes very poor communicators. Uh, if, um, if if it was Jim Justice, he would say, "I'm a very poor 
communicationist. Yeah, I prefer that term. Communication. What was the other one? Well, you know what? Something like that. <laughs> you suck at all of it, okay? Um, so three, I'll, three I will weeks publicly ago, acknowledge no, this. Uh, let me tell the story. Three weeks ago. <laughs> you brought it up, Will. Three you weeks ago, we Here were we at the Milton office, and they're like, hey, we're not going to be here anymore. Give us your keys because you can't come in here anymore. Yeah, we're giving up like our office. It was on a recording. It was yeah, actually it was on, on a podcast. recording. Yeah. And they're like, hey, would it be... Would it be totally out of the way for you to drive 10 more minutes to the Valley Campus to record in our studio? Yeah, that That's true. Oh, we don't want to put you out or anything. It's just, <laughs> 10 more, it's just 10 more minutes down the road. But we don't want to put you out or anything. No. It, so what happens? I'm gone. T- you canceled one week, which was good because you yeah. probably would have caught whatever I had. That's so true. thank you. Yeah. Well, um, and then welcome. two weeks after that, I was still sick. So yeah. I go today. I leave my house 45 minutes early so that I can stop at nope, okay. at Sheets <laughs> to get drinks. <clears throat> and I go, and I'm going to be 10 minutes early. And I'm just standing there, and I'm like, huh, there's not a lot of cars on the parking lot. And I don't <laughs> think those cars belong to anybody that I know. <sighs> and I'm walking around the church because you took my Valley Campus key la- three weeks oh, ago did, as well. Why did I do that? Uh, you didn't want me having it anymore. You were no, I upset that I had it. You could have it if you so wanted. So I'm walking around the church looking like a creep, trying to open all the doors. <laughs> Police get called on you. And Don Knapp comes out. Does he really? And he's like, can I help you with something? Oh, and I don't think he knew who I was at first because I had my mask on. Right. And I was like, yeah, we're supposed to be doing a podcast. Well, what you don't know is he actually called the police. He too. probably did. And then he probably like canceled the request. Well, <laughs> so I... Yeah, I do apologize. We should have been clear with our communication, but I just I think I think that Satan was the devil was just trying to stop the podcast from happening. You know, that's a really good point. I I think the devil yeah. was just trying to cause disunity in our friendship and and you know made I think, sure that we I didn't. I think the devil has even used Jeremy as an advocate today. You yes. know, a lot of times yeah. the Jeremy devil needs uses, no advocate, but he's definitely found one in Jeremy. <laughs> you know, Jer- Jeremy says often he's going to be the devil devil's advocate. Well, first off, we, we both forgive you, Will, for your bad communication. No, I wasn't and saying secondly, it was my fault. I was saying it was no, the it, devil's no, listen, fault. Listen, well, we forgive how the devil's used you. <laughs> um, but okay. I am I am excited about today's topic. I really am. I okay, really am. so um, you know, we're going to talk about old Satan. We are. A little we're going to talk about Satan, and I actually don't have any questions at all. All right. Well, this we're was just, interesting. I'm just gonna... He's bad. Don't don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna waller it out and let you all. You know, maybe maybe you'll have a really good day like you did about the seven day. Adventist. Advan- yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So so I'm really curious, actually, Heather. I want to ask you a question. Okay. What what did you grow up uh, with about the like the millennium? Um, and all that jazz. Like, did you like? Do you like? Did you grow up thinking that we're in the millennium? That the millennium uh, of Jesus is coming? Uh, that you know, w- is there going to be an earthly thousand year reign? Like, w- did you, so, were you taught anything about this? So, uh, I think you know, it wasn't something that was taught and preached on a lot. Um, it was you know they a lot of you know Baptist. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. It's okay. <laughs> maybe you're not a Baptist. No, the United Baptist denomination as a whole believes they're all millennial. Yeah. Um, mostly, I, I don't I don't know if they have that in like formal writing, but they they would be all millennialist, generally yeah. speaking. So they they mo- like I grew up a lot um, hearing a lot about the rapture, like preaching about the rapture being you know that there was one. R- really? 
Yeah, there's a weird hybrid of, especially out in the hills, there's a weird hybrid of like yeah, believing exactly. in the rapture, but also that there's not going to be a literal reign of Jesus on earth. So the common, the the more common view would be like the left behind type yeah. dispensationalist yeah. view, um, which is that there's going to be a rapture and then that there's going to be a thousand year literal reign <laughs> on earth of Jesus that's physically on earth. Um, but but I think a lot of there's a fly buzzing around. Go right into your mouth, man. Oh my gosh, it's driving me nuts. Um, but I think I think there's a lot um, a lot of uh, country churches that that hold like an amillennial view they don't believe jesus is going to reign on earth it's yeah. just kind of we just go to heaven but they still hold to that rapture concept yeah. as well interesting i don't know so how that kinda, fits together but it doesn't it, it does doesn't, not fit no. but it's just so it's commonly so the church i grew up in just didn't talk about it like they they yeah. talked about it as like we'll understand that when we get to heaven and they just like didn't want to address it yeah the church i grew up in um they they didn't. They, they only didn't even talk about the Bible. They didn't talk about the Bible, right? Period. Let alone like any sort of like millennium. They right. They may have talked to them about the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they probably uh, but, did. That was probably <laughs> what they did more sermons on that. But the issue with the with the millennial reign of Jesus, it's a mentioning in, in at the end of Revelation. There's a mention that Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years during this millennium. during the reign of Jesus. And so, so, so that's why I bring it up. So some people would say we're in the reign of Christ right now, which would mean that, which would mean that uh, Satan is bound. Some would say we're not in the reign of Christ. That's something that's still to come. So that then Satan is not bound right now. And then amillennialists would would say that the reign of Christ is now, but it's in heaven. And yeah, whether or not Satan is bound is maybe he's just on a long leash. Right. So I think I think that's I think that's the so question. That's what that's that's why we bring it up because we um we talked about it on Sunday because it's right. Jesus says he's going to bind the strong man and plunder his goods. Oh my gosh. So that's crazy, right? Cuz when we start thinking about okay, what is actually being implied here? Um is so the reason why this is such a big deal is because kind of going back to that little rain that if 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 Jesus is saying that he is binding Satan as he's coming into his kingdom then, then this seems to be the binding spoken about in Revelation. Would you agree or disagree with that? Uh, I would agree with it's that. It's like a shadow of his. This is going to be a greater one. Yes. Well, oh, you're talking about what, what my right, view right, would be? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I would say that he is he is bound, but he will be further bound. <laughs> so his feet are bound now, but later his yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two bindings. Yeah. So no, that, I think he was bound at the cross, um, okay. but I think, I think the binding of the of the reign of Christ on earth seems to imply something different. Um, so I don't, I don't look at, I mean, God is sovereign. He's in control of all things, of course, but this <laughs> idea that he's bound, but he's on a long leash. Right. Um, I, I can maybe get down with that language, but, um, but, but I, what I can't get down with and what, and what I just don't believe in is that he's bound altogether, meaning that he's not, roaming around like a roaring lion like the new testament says that he is um right. so paul when he writes to ephesus calls him the prince of the power of the air um so i think that's a descriptor that you know that's after the cross it's after Jesus' resurrection that is written and, and satan is called the prince of the power of the air i i just have trouble wrapping my mind around we would say that satan is bound right now if paul's going to call him the prince of the power of the air yeah, so let's talk about these things this is so fascinating um so there's one position that would say that he's bound that Satan, so that, so I'm, I'm, let me read Hebrews 2. 
Okay. So I kind of go back and forth between like I I I think I subscribe to be a pre-millennialist, but yeah. I've but I've got every now and then I'll be like, yeah, I could be all mill today. Sure. So I, I've I've really I really understand where all millennialists come from. Yeah. But no, no. So this is this is so Hebrews two. I'm gonna start at fourteen. So since therefore the children share in flesh and blood. That that would be us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he himself likewise partook of the same thing. That through death he might destroy the one who has the power over death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those uh, who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So this, so I read that because this sounds very much what Jesus said he was doing there in, in Mark, right? That he, yeah. was, um, he was defeating Satan. Now also, in, this is the other thing I think that that's kind of comes to play in this. So if 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 the binding of maybe it, what what's the purpose of the binding of Satan during the millennium, according to those who say the millennium is is a going to be here literally, it would be um, it would be for a to um, I guess propagate peace because because the millennial reign is a time of of peace where Jesus is physically reigning on earth and so uh, to right. bind Satan. Doesn't mean that that people can't sin, right? And actually, there's still unbelievers in that view. Yeah, because he annihilates his enemies, but then uh, people still have kids, and those kids, some of them choose to not repent and be Christians, right. and and so there is still sin, and there are still sinful people, but Satan is not uh, deceiving the nations, right? So to speak, right? Like like they did in the Old Testament, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> so we definitely see a difference in the work. Of Satan, I think in in the New Testament, the Old Testament verse New Testament, as it pertains to the nations, right? So, um, so I I, th- I want to say this: the um, if someone who looks at the binding of Satan as something that's happening now, they would say, okay, Satan is bound now. There is peace in the gospel, so they would agree that the purpose of the binding of Satan is so there can be peace. Um, and and so the idea is, Jesus says, listen, I've come, I've I'm stronger than. The, the strong man I've bounded him so now that my so now that my kingdom can can come right so so we would agree though that his kingdom is would, would you say so, his kingdom is here I would say it's here yeah I think, I think it's here, here in the church yeah I think it's here in the church right. and so the church is the kingdom it's the visible part of the kingdom of God so how do we reconcile that so this is where I struggle because I say his kingdom is here yeah it's in the church mm-hmm. it's he's reigning today in fact Colossians says everything is under his feet and even mentions that the world doesn't acknowledge it, but one day they're going to have to acknowledge it. Yeah, right. So, so why is it that when we talk about okay, so Satan is roaming, um, there's still a sin that that is that looks to appear to, to appear to be dominating. That we uh, that we look at this and say, okay, um, his kingdom is here. It's just not recognized. What, what's why? What's the difficulty in that? Why, why is I, it that is that's rejected so much? Yeah, I'm, I I don't know. I mean, I don't think there is difficulty in that. But there um, is. We we've known people who've said yeah that that it have said to me that death has not been defeated yet. That that has to happen. Be, be, that's not, well, I think it's an overemphasis on the promises of Jesus to be physical and earthly rather than spiritual right. and heavenly. Right. Um, whereas I I take the approach that they're both. So the the church is so so the church is the visible tangible part of the kingdom right now. Whereas Jesus has promised the consummation of all things, where even creation itself will be yeah. redeemed. Right now, creation itself is not, but the church is. So why, why is there a need for both? Why can't we say that his kingdom is here, it's growing, and 
eventually Christ is going to submit everybody, subject everybody to recognizing his authority. Why, why do we need the both? I, I think you need both because because there's a promise in the Bible of both. Yeah. Um, so I think for his, I, you mean in his second coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the second coming, in in the literal view of the second coming, yeah, yeah. Jesus is is coming. There's going to be an established uh, physical kingdom somehow, whether it's the eternity in heaven or on earth, and then the eternity of eternities. So I, I like the idea that so I, the, the Satan on a leash thing doesn't bother me, um, and I think it doesn't bother me because the. Um, there's no question that, I mean, what we're battling against. I mean, Scripture's clear that it's not against flesh and blood, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So there is demonic activity. So what I view it as is Satan is bound from from the victorious kingdom now, which is the church. Mm-hmm. So Satan has no place in the church. Right. Satan is defeated um, in, in the realm of the kingdom of, of Christ as it stands right now, which is his church. Mm-hmm. And so in the bride of Christ, there's no place for Satan. Um, so if you're a child of God, there's no place for Satan to possess you or, or have victory over you because you have that through the cross. But I think there is coming a day where Satan will not only be defeated in a spiritual sense, but there will be no physical place for him either. Okay, so so you, what you're saying is that when you, when you say that, you mean that there's going to be an, an earthly kingdom, a thousand-year kingdom. Yeah. Okay. But if there's unbelievers and there's still sin on earth, mm-hmm. isn't there still a place for him? No, because not all sin is rooted from Satan. You, you can't blame all sin no, on no, Satan. No, right, right. I don't, well, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that's even what... Um, so his influence can be gone and still, and still sin sure. would remain, even sure, if sure. Satan, Satan is gone. Right. But, you know, I think, um, I think some of that view is an over-attribution of... of uh, his power. Like, when you said it a second ago, like when you see all the sin today, it's hard to say that Satan's not in existence or, or that he's bound. But mm-hmm. I think the same argument goes there. Like Satan doesn't need to have the authority that he did, let's say, prior to the crucifixion because people still have a sinful nature. We produce our own sin. Yeah, yeah. So so, so like I, I tend to hold to, I, I've kind of, I've kind of, I think everyone does the more you study it. And it's one of those things I don't think you can be dogmatic on. But I've gone from a, historic pre-mill to friendly like kind of a balance between to where now I'm like okay I think I could agree and get down with the idea that Satan is bound that there's a kingdom today now like a millennial position um, and I guess I, I maybe it's because I, I don't necessarily see it so explicitly stated that there's an, a thousand year reign on <coughs> earth right um, and especially if the bind it, it, I have a hard time saying that there's two bindings because I just don't, I feel like the same thing with like the, like the, the rapture. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see there's, that there's two of these times where Jesus comes back. Right. And yeah. Like his bride. There's like a one, a first and second, there's a first resurrection and a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of see there's this one binding. But Jesus, all, or not just Jesus, but, but God, the Godhead. I mean, God speaks all the time of things that happen once, but are realized in stages. Um, yeah, that's for, true. So for example, um, the great chain of salvation in Romans 8 um, says those whom he, he foreknew, he predestined, and whom he predestined, he justified. Right. And you have that of, of how our salvation comes. And he says whom he justified, he also glorified, past yeah. tense. And so you even have this sense of like um, we're described as glorified, past tense. It's so sure that it's that it's a reality that, that Paul can write it as past tense, but yet it's not realized yet. I'm not glorified yeah. yet. 
But in the cross and what Jesus accomplished on the cross and in the resurrection, it's so certain that it's seen as if it's already happened. I, I think the difference, I think where I would split hairs there is say that, that this, in that line, without question, there is that, that already not yet thing that you're referencing versus in the binding. I don't think that that's the terminology that's necessarily being used. So I think you can find that. But I don't think that that can be true with every theological point or everything in history that's going to happen. And and I know and and what I so if if you're not familiar with with this, this is so it's like a type of hermeneutic. And I really appreciate because will maybe the maybe the most you've kind of taken up this mantle. And I joke with you about it, but I'm maybe the I'm most consistent. <laughs> please don't. Yeah. The most consistent person I've ever seen with this. There's this idealist. It's called an idealist hermeneutic. It's a way to read scripture. So it's it says basically. Well, you can. Well, why don't you you hold to it. So the idealist hermeneutic would be that uh, scripture is relevant for people of all times, of all places, and so that because the word is alive, that it's applicable in, in multiple generations and times. And um, so in this instance, would be there is a pattern or a, a type of of Satan being bound at the cross, which foreshadows um, Satan being bound at the second coming. Yeah. Um, and, and the same with the tribulation, for example. A lot of people see a seven-year tribulation, um, and you can see that in Israel's history. You can also see tribulation in the early church in the first century. You can see it throughout um, uh, just modern history. Um, and then ultimately, I think in the future, there will be tribulation as well. And so there's this idealist idea where, um, where the patterns that are set forth in Scripture are actually types of things that will continue until the ultimate consummation of all things. Yeah. Now, I, I I can get down with most of that. Not all of that, but I can get down with most of that. I think that I think the the binding of Satan now is applicable to the entire church. I don't think you have to have two bindings to, for it to be applicable. Because if it's binding at the, at the crucifixion, then it's still binding from he's still bound now. Right. Um, and so, like, so. So I wouldn't. I would. I would not want to call it two bindings. I know you wouldn't. It's a result of the first binding being <laughs> right. more fully realized. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a greater bounding. Yeah, no, just, I wouldn't it, even say that. It's just like finalized. <laughs> I guess. Final. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, it, it's hard because Scripture seems to indicate that Satan's still at work. So how can he still be at work if he's still bound? Mm-hmm. And one of the big issues that. I think that I've I've struggled with a long time with this idea that there's there's a binding when Jesus returns and there's an earthly kingdom, and I struggle with it. But that I, I can rationalize it, right? Um, uh, the the idea that there's unbelievers existing as Christ is literally reigning. Now, obviously, I don't think you have to see. It takes more than seeing Jesus to to believe in Jesus. Right. It takes the Holy Spirit regenerating your heart. So that's how I logically uh, reason it. Um, but yeah, there's this idea that if I okay, if I think the kingdom's here in the church, like I don't I don't know how to. I guess I don't I don't know why there has to be a, a, an earthly kingdom coming. I suppose I, I guess that's I get I get what you're saying, and I just think, I, th- I think all of this is super fascinating because there's this small it's just this small little, easily it can easily be thrown away the thrown away line right. by Jesus that's so important right. yeah. it's so, and it complicates. So much. Well, so yeah, and, and I mean, there are tons of views, and ultimately, it, when you're dealing with the return of Christ, it's it, it will be what it will be. I mean, like right. if there's not a millennial reign, I'm I'm not going to be mopey and sad in heaven. <laughs> like it's okay, right? But um, but yeah, when you look at it, does have implications. For example, sure of, of what we think of Satan, and and so like yeah, did did the devil really mess up our communication on where to record the podcast today? I mean. Um, so like, I, I think one question to ask is how much power does the devil have? If yeah. any, there, yeah. there would be some who would make the argument that Satan has no power at all in the world. 
Um, well, okay, that's silly because he is bound, and so it's he's just gone. But but it's it's it explicitly states of. that he that he does, right? I mean, like it. Well, so I've I've heard some people say at that time. And and so at the time that it was that's written, the crucifixion. Well, that was yeah. I mean, that's my argument. But, it's not the position I hold. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you know, there's a there's a difference in like sin, just because of sin, because of our depravity. Yeah. And but there's also a big difference in evil. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I think it would be very silly to say that Satan has no power right now, because I think evil does come from Satan. And so I, yeah, I think he has. I think he has power but he, he's been defeated right, right so it, yeah. he, it's it's like this um uh i don't know i'm trying to try to think how to put it so it's it's weird because i think that sometimes we think the devil's winning because we look at the world and we and we and we see more sin than we want to see right um and i think but again i think that's i think that's a bad way to look at at things right the, the, the reality is god has established a kingdom on earth and i know that's not agreed on by everybody but it's I believe it's seen within the church, and so you you have this you have not only victory over sin and death on the cross, but you have this um, trophy of grace that that exists for everyone to see the victory of Jesus, you know, as as people continue to um, come to Christ, and so I think I think the church is is a reminder of that, and is a, and again a, a kind of a beginning of his kingdom. Now I'm not I'm not what we call post mill, where I don't think the church is going to grow, grow, grow until everyone in the world comes to yeah. Jesus. But I definitely I, I think the difficulty. Well, not, 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 I want to go there, but I I think that uh, what you had said a minute ago about the 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 power of Satan. What power does he have? Because I think Scripture explicitly states that he has demons that 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 side with him. Right? Scripture is mm-hmm. pretty clear on that. Um, what, so I tend to undervalue. So if I have a, if I have a struggle in this area, I tend to devalue Satan and tell people to look at your own sin. Right. I, I, I tend to underplay oh, that would, the importance yeah, that of would, Satan. That would be me too. Right. So like I, I struggle with that partly because I've heard a lot of people kind of cast, use, it's use Satan. Satan as an excuse. The yeah. devil made me yeah. do it. Yeah, say yeah. Well, and, and of Heather, course, you probably heard a lot of that, like coming oh, up yeah. in the country church. Spent a lot of time in yeah. the country church. Like the I used to hear people death. like give testimonies, like the devil's been on me all week, yeah. telling me not to not to testify. Yeah. Or, uh, well, and it, I I hear a lot. I mean, I hear a lot of people today. You know, the devil's been after me all week, and you know, all this has happened. And is that just like straight up not true? And at what point do you think you correct that? I mean, I would mm-hmm. say that it's not true. Yeah, I would say that it's not true. I mean, I think there's a chance. It's I guess. a saying almost though. It's it's like yeah. I don't think they mean it. I don't think they mean like Satan's been on them. Some people probably no, do. I think people do. Do they? Um, yeah, I think they do. I think that. So I don't think Satan is omnipresent, like God is. Of course not. Right. Right. So he's definitely not. But people treat him like he is. So if if you're gonna talk about Satan. You got to remember, he's in one place in the whole world. Right. Right. So when someone's like the devil's been after me, yeah. So for this people, means of of the seven billion people on this planet, <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna go after you. You've been in Milton, West you Virginia, Virginia today. Mart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here, here, here's a quick question. Um, okay, if if people who say that he's absolutely bound, how do they get like an antichrist thing? Like that, that there's like an antichrist still today. You know what I'm saying? Because John says it's still present. So how does how does you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's a hard question. I would like to ask somebody that who says that he's completely. Yeah, because I don't think he is completely. So I, so here's the thing. Like, it I don't, is a hard question. Um, I think the details in like this specific passage of scripture, like, I don't think people think a whole lot about that. Like, mm. I'll be honest with you. All, I've never like sat and like studied out or like other than re-listening and rereading this passage since yeah. we've been going over it. Like. I've never sat and like really thought it out, you know, is Satan bound, you know? Um, I think people more think of Satan as like a spirit or, you know, like kind of how he's portrayed a lot. Um, I think, I think it was you, you were talking about how, you know, his big wings and stuff like that, that, you know, I think people, you know, I don't think people think he's just like this big dressed up person you know going around and everything but people think he's a spirit and a power and that he can cause bad in their lives um i don't think people really think about him as being bound you think it would help if if more people like thought of him as a limited being who, who yes. can't be everywhere yes i do and who is i don't i don't think that people, at least partially or maybe even fully bound right now yeah i don't i don't think people think of him as like in one place as you know being limited to what he can do i think they think um that you know he can be everywhere just like yeah. do you think that would be encouraging to people to like, yeah if, if they're yeah, like absolutely. satan's been after me just be like hey listen yeah. He's not after you. Yeah. Like, so so here here's the thing I think is so interesting. When you look at and this is what I I think I you you see the power of the gospel. You see God's people being this in the middle of nowhere nobodies for all of history. I mean, when you look at what's going on in 30 AD, 33 AD, there's there's so many other bigger places, more important things happening historically, politically that we could point to. And then as soon as Christ dies, the world changes. This is why I think it's such a, 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 from a historical angle, why the idea of Jesus or Satan being bound is so compelling. Um, when Christ dies, this backwards nobody um, people, um, these ideas spread like wildfire. Yeah. And, and it's not like they hadn't been there before. Alexander the Great had conquered this area. The Persians had conquered this area. Big kingdoms had conquered this area. The Romans are already there. But it was when it was when Jesus died and the the apostles were sent that this exploded, and it was like the world. It's like reality changed, and to me, the the only explanation for that is this binding. And I think it is encouraging to hear or for people to know that um, that there is there is true victory. Right? There isn't this threat of being destroyed so to speak right. by by satan that it's yeah. already victorious he's bound he does not have the power you think he does um and of course i didn't grow up in a culture where that satan was kind of accredited to everything pastoring here i've heard it a lot more um just the and, and man i i think i think people oftentimes need to be reminded i've had to remind people and and not not in like a a nerdy theological way. Well, actually, you know, you, you know, these bound currently. Let's go to Mark three. You know, um, <laughs> right. but but I think reminding people of the kingdom they belong to. You didn't to, do that Sunday. When I you did preached? not. No, I tried Man. not to. But th- there is there is we forget no, that I, we belong to to God's kingdom, mm-hmm. and His kingdom is not going to be defeated. No, I think that's a really good point, Jeremy. Like I I think people, um, you know, and I think it could be said that the same people who feel like, who who say and believe that the devil's been after him i think those are the same people who will say you know the devil was defeated you know the the victory's yeah. been won the battle's been won but at the same time like they 
it's like they've heard it and said it so much that right. it's lost its. It's meaning. just like there's not much thought given yeah. to that. Yeah. it's like a saying. It's it's just interesting. I've I've never feared that the devil was after me. I've never feared that. And I remember even early on thinking, like, being worried that, I mean, should I be? Is there a reason why I'm not? <laughs> is the fact that I'm not worried, is that some sort of evidence that I'm some sort of possessed? Like the devil already like, has yeah, me. Yeah, right. Like, where, where, as a new convert, I was all, always concerned, like, I, how come I don't feel this, like, these evil powers? Like, if I'm, if I'm a danger to the, I think to the kingdom of hell. So, so when would you say that you became became a Christian, Jeremy. Were you as were you an adult when you became a believer? <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> so I, I think it's really I think there's a big difference. Um I've I've heard a lot of people say that um that when they come to know Christ in a relationship as an adult, like just the just the idea of grace and forgiveness and salvation is such a beautiful and believable thing. Yeah. But when you grow up in the church, it's like you hear it hundreds and thousand times Mm -hmm. and it's like it almost loses its meaning and you never even knew the meaning of it really Mm -hmm. you know it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the fairy tales that we grow up hearing and stuff like that um and you know i would even go as far as to say like personally that i you know that i kind of experienced that too you know i was i I was raised in the church until uh until Um, I've always so been raised in the church until I wasn't. Um, but I was five when my family started going to church. So, but whenever, um, you know, probably about three or four years ago, like I really had like, um, like an awakening in my faith, um, that was really big, like yeah. crazy, like mind blown, like made me question everything and, and God too. Um, and I think that that's probably, you could probably compare the two situations to what I experienced and to what people, um, you know, to what people believe. Because when you grow up in church and you kind of like get this, you know, I, I don't know how other people were raised in church, but you, you know, if you pray about it hard enough, it'll go away. God will heal it. God will take it away. Mm-hmm. And when you have things that happen constantly um, that are bad and that, you know, are traumatic, um, just personally, like in my, for my um, in my life, like it kind of, it wasn't just, it wasn't just that, like learning that in church, it was also life circumstances that like helped me to have issues and trust, like even to this day. So like, you know, God didn't take it away whenever I prayed or God didn't move me out of a situation. Um, so I think that, I think the same thing can be applied to, to like people's beliefs in the devil. Yeah. Well, and it's also like, yeah, when, when it feels like God didn't come through yeah, and yeah. you feel like you've done everything right. Right. We've been given this formula and when it doesn't add up, the only natural thing to do is to be like, oh, it must have been Satan's fault. Yeah. I'll just blame yeah. the devil. Yeah. But in reality, good Bible teaching ought to be leading us to sometimes God's plan for us is suffering. Absolutely. And yeah. sometimes in God's sovereign plan of suffering, that's our greatest sanctification. Yeah. And um, that's just not a popular that's really sermon good, yeah. to preach, you know. Yeah. So, so here we here we fall on. Well, if, if the formula doesn't work, and that breakdown, that's where we're just going to throw it all in the devil. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I think there are statistics. It's been, it's been probably five or six years since I've researched and looked at it. But kids who grow up in church are more likely to leave the church. So, than, what you're saying is, I need to stop talking talk to my kids about the yeah, Bible. No, no I, I think honestly, I think it's because there's so much a unhealthy. No, you're, Preaching. you're, it, it, it is. I mean, there's, you know, there was so much that I wasn't taught about yeah. 
um, and that I did not learn within the church, um, that would have been so beneficial. Oh, man, um, just, it's just genuine. And, you know, that's one of the reasons as a parent that we kind of stepped away from where we were at yeah. to raise our son in a better place. So it's really, I, I, this is a whole different conversation. It actually has to do more with I will never scare your son with threats of the devil. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, Promise. With, 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 like, uh, with what's coming Jeez. this Sunday is, is this idea that genuine, genuine faith, genuine seeing parents repent. I was talking to someone the other day about how I love the relationship I have with my children because they've seen me sin and they've seen me repent to them. And there's something really cool to for them uh, to watch their dad truly repent to them and say, yeah. hey, I am, I've wronged you yeah. and I've sinned against you and the Lord. And, and what's cool for me is to see my kids forgive. Like that, that's a, that's a lesson that they're learning. And also, you know, I, that I need to forgive that I'm called to forgive. I don't know. It, and it's, it's a, we, we talk about Satan uh, in our home and it, it's, it's in fact, Maddox loves to talk about Satan and like just about how, like, if I ever see him, I'm going to kick his teeth in, right? He gets kind of pretty violent with it, but, um, as one should. Right. Here's here's a verse I want to share. Um, it's it's Colossians one thirteen uh, and fourteen, and it this isn't this isn't trying to prove my point, but it's it's a, be just encouragement. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Right. So we can see at the cross whether whether or not you think G- Satan is still bound or not bound. The fact is. Um, he there was a binding at some point, or there at least there was a plundering of Satan's kingdom, and you were taken out of a domain uh, for God's to the pra- to the to the praise of God's uh, glorious grace. And so, that's that's something to uh, yeah. I, I think I think we can be bold and, and not scared of some sort of demonic activity. I, I'm curious. I, I do agree though that there is demonic activity, and I think you can see it in other religions. So I actually think. Like I don't think Allah or uh, Muhammad was a liar. I don't think Joseph Smith was a liar. I think they had demonic activity. I think all that's demon stuff. I agree. Yeah. Um, and and that's this is um, in the sermon. I mean, we talked about actually that um, the name they use, Baal is prince. Beelzebul yeah. is is what that means. Baal is prince, and so they're attributing the god of the Canaanites. They're saying he's not a god at all. He's yeah. Satan himself. And so yeah, I think um, I yeah I think it's stuff's not always made up out of thin air right sometimes it's demonic yeah. and so i think um probably most false religions so are, when people talk about the miracle of muhammad if you don't know he was illiterate and he wrote the quran and i'm like yeah i he probably did that probably something like that probably did happen and and uh, the the angel that he saw that he thought actually was satan at first um i believe it was satan same thing with joseph smith he thought it was something he thought it was evil Right at first, yeah, and some of the miraculous happened. I like, I'm like, yeah, that happened, and he was right on his gut instinct. Right, <laughs> both yep. of them had to be talked into other beliefs. Yep, and that's by their own admission. So, uh, I, I still, I think, uh, I think any any activity that's driving people away from grace and to anything else, any other religious work or lack thereof, uh, you know, atheistic kind of worldviews, I think all of that's demonic, right? Um, so. Which means he can't be fully bound if he's convinced of Joseph Smith in the 1800s and <laughs> well, de- Muhammad. But you so know, to... when it says Satan is bound, does that mean his the demons are bound? That's a good question. That's so good I don't question. think so. Yeah. So I think I think that's I think that's I think there's they still get their marching orders so to speak from mm-hmm. Satan. Yeah. yeah. Something to think about. Something to think about. That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think there's a mystery to it oh, that like right. uh, we can't expect to figure it all out. So my son said to me the other day. He said. 
he said, uh, hey, got a question. This course at bedtime. Try to, but it was worth staying up. He goes, uh, he said, what uh, if Jesus is fully God? How did he? How did he die? If, or if, he, if he's God, how did he die? So because he's fully God and fully man, he goes, I don't understand. I said, me neither. He goes, if you could understand everything about God, you'd have to be God. And I was like, Amen. That's brother. profound. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes I need to be reminded of that, and so does everybody else. When it comes to the the metaphysical, wow. the spiritual world. That's deep, man. You just, you just have to realize you don't know it all, and you can't. Yep. A little shot of humility. I was proud of the little man. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he should be on the podcast. Uh, he would love it. He would. He talked about superheroes all the time, though. <laughs> That's all he wants to talk about. I would love to host that. Um, to, I, get get yours. Yes. Get our get our two sons talking about who would win in a fight. Oh That's all gosh. Max wants to talk about. Who yeah. would win in a fight? The Hawk or Thor? You know, that's, that's all it is. We made a bracket the other day with uh, oh, with with every superhero we knew and just went through it. He yeah. loved it. Yeah. All right, guys, it's been a good episode. Absolutely. Bye.